If you're lost and alone, or you're sinking like a stone, carry on. May your path be the sound of your feet upon the ground, carry on. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Diana. And you're listening to Fiction Kitchen, where we're cooking with inspiration from our favorite books, movies, and TV. Today we're talking about the amazing novel Carry On by Rainbow Rowell and a little bit about her novel Fangirl. I think I need to like step away from the computer so I can like squee really loud. Oh, that's okay. I'm, squee. I'm, Just hold the microphone. Ah, okay. <laughs> I think that was too loud. I see the... I see the wavelength on GarageBand. It's like, That's okay. we, we can volume adjust. Yeah. No, I think I'm, we're... I'm, I'm like we're... wringing my hands. I'm like so excited. Yeah. We are equally excited to, to talk about this. We we both loved this book, or these books. Um, there's there's a thunderstorm of brewing here. I feel oh, like yeah. the universe like understood that I needed some mood weather. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said that, I'm like, what spell, what what idiom would be said to create a thunderstorm? Yeah, like, dark and <laughs> stormy night, passed. or something like that. Yeah, so I've been... Yeah, it, it was a dark and stormy night. It was a dark and stormy night, yes. Yeah, so I've been casting spells um, in preparation for this podcast, um, which we're yeah. both very excited to discuss. Um, but Yeah, before, my story wasn't very good, but... I, I feel that my squee was really lame. That's okay. Save a squee for um, okay. for when we talk about Simon and Baz. So when we talk about chapter what is it sixty one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but before that, we have totally an announcement. Hateful. Yes. Which is Wait, what is it? We're having another giveaway. <gasps> giveaway. Which I feel like you should talk about since you pretty much orchestrated the whole thing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I've been sitting on this—not literally, but because that would be awkward. Well, and then I say, but anyway. So, <laughs> so I read Carry On back in October. I have two copies now, and I'm like, now I can give one away, and we also have a copy of Fangirl to give away. And a copy of The Outsiders, which is in Fangirl. Um, so we have three books to give away, plus some food mentioned in Carry On. We have some, a couple arrow bars, and we have some Are they sour, mint? Yeah, mint arrow bars, of course. <laughs> that's, that's the favorite. And a sour cherry scone mix. Anyway, so some fun stuff, maybe a couple other goodies, I don't know. But, like, because we love this story! Oh my gosh! And so we want to share it. We just want to spread this love. Yes, we want you to love it, too. Oh my goodness, it's just So how do they enter this this giveaway? Yeah. So, it's going to be pretty simple. Um, You can share the podcast episode on various social medias and then you post a comment for each share with the link of the share. So that gives you either one to how many one or more entries. Yeah, uh, and so then, you'll you'll get an entry for each yeah, for yeah, each share. For each share you'd make a new comment and, and make sure you put the link to the share. Uh, and, and then leave, also, and leave that on the show notes. Yes. Yeah, on, on the website. Um, fiction kitchen podcast.com 
yeah. on the, the post for the episode. Yeah. And also, you can um, get extra entry if you tell us what your favorite food from fiction is. Or what your favorite food from Carry On is. Because there's so freaking <laughs> much! Yeah. yeah, but you're not restricted to that. So, I mean, it yeah, can be a podcast you've any... done. It can be just something you love. Any Anything. Yeah. We want to hear what you think. Yeah. Excellent. So. Yes, it's good. Like, it's going to be super awesome. So please enter because, yeah. Well, enter if you love Carry On especially or that, or you're, like, super interested in reading it because this, give, this prizes need to go to someone who will love them. Yes. That is our wish. Of course, you know, if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast in the first place, I can virtually guarantee you'll you'll like it. Because it's, it's a great book. It's um, very, like, you know, Harry Potter-inspired. So, you know, I think most of our listeners are into that. So, yeah. If you haven't read it, you will like it. It's so much yes. wonderful. And, and the copies that you'll get will have all the food tabs. Oh, you tabbed. (laughs) They will be tabbed up hardcore. Nice. Because there's so much food. Rainbow Rowell, we love you. Like, how are you this awesome to put so much food in in your books? It's like, yeah, I used up like whole I know, it's fantastic. Like, almost every every scene is like, yeah, colored with edibles. So that's why we had to do it for our Fiction Kitchen podcast. And I'm so glad that you love it, too. Like, because, yeah, I... Yes, oh, I fell in love. We should talk about our Tasty Time first. <laughs> I know, I know. But, no, I, I can't what, wait to talk about this. This is talking. the first book I've, like, live-tweeted in a while. <laughs> it's so quotable. Like, there's so much good stuff, you know? So, yeah, I was I was absolutely in love Put with it. Put a sandwich in it, Bunts. <laughs> yeah, so yes. many quotes. Excellent. So, yeah, let's do Tasty Time. Let's do it really fast so yes. we can get back to talk. Yeah, and then we can get back to carry on. <laughs> Tasty time. So what what's going on in fiction food this week? So uh, one of the one of our fellow fiction foodies, uh, his name is Brian Connor, and he has a Tumblr and he's very active on Twitter as well. Um, but his uh, his blog is called Level One Chef. You encountered a level one chef. <laughs> and he's a, a video game food blogger. And he's also a real life pastry uh, pastry chef at a place called Pex Arcade. Ah. Um, yeah, so his, so it's LVL1 chef, so like level one chef uh, on Twitter. And then also, like I said, on Tumblr. And um, he's done several foods from the Mother or the Earthbound video game series. Um, he's done some Undertale, which is really popular. Um, I'm like scrolling through his his blog. Um, recently he did a parfait inspired by the the app Neko Atsume, the, the cat kitty collecting game, which is like no. super cute. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he's done the portal cake. Yeah, he's just done so many. He's done some Skyrim. Um, yeah, so he focuses on video game food, and and he's a really cool guy. Like, yeah, like I said, he's active on Twitter, so it's fun to follow him and and see what he uh, retweets and what he um, comes up with. And yeah, like online. I feel like I'm vaguely, um, yeah, I, I follow him on Twitter. So I've seen, like, some mm-hmm. of the stuff he's posted. But, yeah, I'm looking through the archive. He's got some really cool stuff. 
Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and and like I said, like he's a professional too, so that's yeah. cool. Yeah. To see what he comes up with. Bring that skill. Yeah. Excellent. So yeah, so Brian Connor, level one chef. Check him out. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. So, so what is your taste? Yeah, taste? mine this week is this hashtag that I saw pop up. Um, hashtag. Yeah, which has been going on since um, like 2013, but this is the first time I've seen it. But um, hashtag five number five Phantom Friday, um, and the reason I saw it pop up is because this week was five fictional foods. And yeah, so- and I, you tweeted about it, and then I was like, what? So then, yeah. I, that was the first time I saw it too, because you shared it. I had yeah. never, yeah, I had never seen this hashtag before. But of course, like since it was fictional foods, like you know, everybody in my Twitter stream is like, you know, starts popping up with it. And I'm like, oh, interesting. So, so yeah, I, it was started. Let's see, I traced it back to the origin um, by the Nerdy Girly and Super Space Chick, and so they both have um, blogs with a bunch of you know like geeky stuff on it. And like I said, it's been going on since. 2013 I believe and there's all kinds of stuff like um like the next one is um oh we missed favorite cupcakes too bad that was in February but coming up there's um geeky tattoos and favorite stores to get geeky wares but um anyway like this week was favorite fictional foods so if you go to like you know Twitter or Instagram or whatever and and uh, look for the hashtag. There's all kinds of bloggers like posting their five favorite fictional foods, which is pretty cool. So of course, like you know, I've seen like a ton of the, you know, the usual suspects. You know, there's lots of Harry Potter stuff, lots of Willy Wonka stuff. But then there's like some like pretty interesting like things you wouldn't immediately think of. So um, it's been fun looking through the blogs and just kind of seeing what people are posting. So you know, anything you that, what, like if, anything that I gets posted? the. I did, yeah. So you participated too. So you, yeah, on your it took tum- me like all day to on get your to Tumblr. It, yeah, you've got you've got your five fictional foods. Which... I want to know what yours would be. Did you oh, think man. about I, it? Of course, I thought about it. Yeah, okay, I didn't tell do, us. Didn't You're probably getting to that. Thing. <laughs> um, well, for sure, I would have to do something Game of Thrones. Probably lemon cakes. I think that's probably like the most standout food in mm-hmm. that. Um, something Harry Potter for sure. Maybe the butter beer since we made so much of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and see, i don't know i don't know i'd have to think about it because yeah we've done so many like i'd have to go back through the podcast something from your what... childhood yeah i don't know i don't know those yeah those are the two that like immediately spring yeah. to mind but i have to think about it beyond that maybe i'll participate next friday <laughs> just a week later you could do your own yeah yeah <laughs> you could just be like I'm just doing it because I want to. That's right. I know. I was thinking we should start our own some kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. It could be like three Thursday or like two Tuesday. Two Tuesday. Yeah. Five Friday. <laughs> and it'd be a food related. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Today we're recording on pie day. So. I know. Yeah. Your favorite That's why I chose the recipe pie. that I chose. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah, you did make a pie. Awesome. Okay, cool. Nice tie-in. But anyway, yeah, so, yeah, check out this hashtag. There's lots of fun fictional food. And from people who aren't always posting fictional food stuff, so it's kind of, like, branching out. Yeah, it's cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, and some of them did take it literally, so, like, fictional food, so food that isn't actually real. Yeah. And then some did 
food from fiction. So again, like you know, a lot of the the no. Harry Potter stuff and and Willy Wonka yeah. stuff would lend itself to that, since they do have like you know weird, interesting things. But yeah, yeah some were like yeah, just stuff from fiction. So yeah. Yeah, All right, so let's talk about carry of, on. Yeah, I, I food from longer. fiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's some great. So stuff you in turned here. me on to this book, and you read yeah, it like did. pretty recently because I remember when you were reading it because you were like gushing about it. And I know I couldn't shut up. Shut up. I could. <laughs> I could not be quiet about the dang thing. Yeah, and I because... I had actually heard about it like that week because. Um, like the week you you started reading it and we're talking about was it. Was it like late October? Or yeah, early no. It was like in November, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was listening to the Gem tribute soundtrack, so like now, oh. so it was around the time <laughs> we were doing Gem. So now that's paired with the book in my mind. Oh, like nice. The, the Gem tribute. Yeah, I can see them kind so, of going together. You know how that happens sometimes if you like fall oh, yeah. in love with some fall in deep, and then it's like whatever music you're. It, like, becomes connected. Yes, yes. It definitely, like, yeah, parallels yeah. and dates it for you. Um, but, yeah, like, around the time you were reading it, I had just heard about it on another podcast on the Pop Rocket podcast, um, oh. which um, I, one one of the people was talking about, like, a book she had read, and she doesn't normally read, like, YA and stuff, but she was just saying how good it was. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then, like, the next week you're talking about it. I'm like, okay, I need to read this book. Um, yeah. yeah, so I read it and loved it. Um, yeah. I'm so glad, like, that, when you were telling me, well, what was our last podcast, and you're like, uh, what? yeah, sorry. <laughs> but it's okay. like, no, but it's okay, because I was, like, so happy. Like, I know, I'm we don't so always, happy. we don't always love each other's recommendations. Like, you weren't that into Fargo, I wasn't that into, um, Sung Kyung Kwan's Scandal, so, like, you know, we do have some misses, but this one was a hit. Yeah, like, yeah. Especially yeah. something that I loved so much, that yes. I loved so much, and then... You know, whenever you share something with someone, like, you always hope, and then... Yeah, so I'm really of course. Glad that, <laughs> but I don't... I'm not liking it out of obligation. <laughs> I'm liking no. it, yeah. Well, I know you're an honest person, Yeah, so. I am an honest person. So yeah, anyway. so it was published in October of 2015, and it, what's really... And so, I, yeah, I think I read it beginning of November or something, but what's really cool is that it takes place at that time. Yeah. Like... It's like it was running parallel to real life, to real life time, like at, at the end of last year, which is so cool. Yeah, that is very cool. And like, and it definitely feels current. Like, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of these type stories, well, yeah, just high level overview. It's a fan fiction that's like very similar to Harry Potter, but it kind of plays with some of the tropes. So it takes place at a, um, like a, you know, English boarding school where, you know, magicians go. Um, and from, from the point of view of different students and especially focusing on like Simon Snow, who is the chosen one. Um, Mm. but yeah, like, like about it running kind of parallel or or very modern, like there's technology in it, which is kind of interesting because they don't really have like cell phones and stuff in Harry Potter, but they do. (laughs) In this, yeah, and this is very current. Yeah, yeah, and there's like some modern references and like to music and stuff. Um, yeah, so so it's very similar, but yeah, it's different in other yeah. in other ways. But what was cool was like as 
because in the book, certain events happen at certain times, and so when it would become that day in, like, October, November, December 2000, especially December 2015, if the fans would be like, today's the day that oh. this happens in... Because it was so cool, and I and I actually that is very and I, cool. I didn't realize it was like that year. Yeah, yeah like it. So but... it takes place the end of 2015, and so it was it was happening. Like I mean, if it was real, so it was just <laughs> it cool was to ha- like experience it at that time because it was really. It's like it's it's that day that so like one tweet I was sharing with you earlier, um, but like so, Christmas Eve, December 24th, something. Mm-hmm important happens <laughs> very squee worthy yeah. or like that yeah that the night before slash that morning anyway but I tweeted so I well, it's Christmas Eve I'm like at my folks place and all I can think about is carry on like I'm away from home like with just like supposed to be celebrating Christmas and I wake up and I'm like <laughs> carry on it's it's Christmas Eve and so I tweeted Baz and Simon woke up this morning cuddling and smelling of smoke. Hashtag snow Baz, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then Rainbow Rail, Rainbow Rail totally, like, quote tweeted it and, and in all capitals said, it's true, they did. Aww. <laughs> I was like, yes. And then someone responded, my heart. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people responded, yeah. And so, but yeah, it was just cool because it's like, it's, this is the day. Like, they woke up this morning. I'm waking up this morning. And they... Baz and Snow... And Baz and Simon woke up this morning, and too. Like, <laughs> I read about it. Oh. And, th- and this is what they did. Like, anyway. It's really dorky, but that's what it was. No, that's super fun. <laughs> to kind of be living it, yeah, as it's happening. Yeah. So that was a pretty cool thing. But yeah, so... Okay, so... Carry On was inspired by... Rainbow Rowell's previous novel, Fangirl. Yes, which you've uh, also which came out, you've also yeah. read it, and I'm smack in the middle of it, so I haven't finished it yet, but I'm loving it too. So I'm, yeah, I'm gonna finish yeah. it shortly after this. So I read it. I read Fangirl. I made myself read Fangirl before Carry On. Like I'm, I'm not into contemporary fiction, um, but I was like, but this is like where Carry On came from within the pages of fangirl so i i want to like read that first and yeah, then to get the origin <laughs> yeah because that was published first and then and then read carry on um and i'm really glad i did but i'm curious because you're reading it carry on and then fangirl so once you're done like i'm curious to yeah. see you know, if that so I'm is having, a different experience i'm having the reverse experience and you had actually told me read fangirl first which i forgot like I, <laughs> which is fine because I, i'm curious I, I remembered you had given me an order um well re- no i mean not like you ordered an me, order like, for an, an order <laughs> yes an order for an order in which to read these um which I remembered you had, you know, told me, like, read this one first, but I couldn't remember which one, so I just dove in to carry on, but once I started, there was no stopping it, so. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So um, it was kind I of I think that's fun. cool. I, I kind of like doing it in reverse because it's fun for mm-hmm. me, like, having read the, like, quote, fan fiction, um, like, kind of seeing the, you know, real world place that this kind of stuff came from. Like, it's so mm-hmm. fun seeing, um, like in well okay yeah just to kind of 
go back a little bit. Um, Fangirl is about a yeah, um, yeah girl named Kath who goes off to college. Um, and, like, you know, all during, you know, middle school and high school, like, she has a twin sister, and they had both been writing fan fiction for um, Simon Snow, which is kind of like a Harry Potter-ish character, like we said. So she, she, they've been writing this fan fiction. But when they go off to college, you know, like, her sister is all, you know, social and ready to kind of expand her horizons and have the college experience. Whereas she is very, like, you know, awkward and shy and just isn't ready to give up this kind of, like, security blanket of, um, you know, like, what is, like, quote, a, you know, kid's story that she's been writing the fan fiction for. So it's kind of just about her college experience, and, like, you know, slowly she starts making friends and kind of opening up and stuff, but, um, she's not ready to let go of well, this world. The family drama. Like, yeah, she's got stuff going on with her dad, too. So. Left and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so she's got, you know, she's got a lot going on, so you can kind of see why she would want to kind of live in this fantasy world a little bit. Um, but anyway, yeah. like, it's really cool to see, like, for example, like, my, my food, which I'll talk about later, is something that came up in her, like, real life, but, like, found its way into the story, you know? So it's kind of kind of neat to see things yeah. like that pop up in both places. So, um, in the acknowledgments of Fangirl, uh, I think this is really great, and, and I, I appreciate a, an author who has this mentality, um... Rainbow Rowell says, I decided to write this book, uh, speaking of fangirl, <clears throat> after reading a lot, I mean a lot, of fanfiction. <laughs> reading f reading fic was a transformative experience for me. It changed the way I think about writing and storytelling and helped me more deeply understand my own intense relationships with fictional worlds and characters. So thank you for writing it. I, I think that's really great, a great perspective from a a professional author and a traditionally published author to because I, I feel like fangirl is like Rainbow Rowell's love letter to those people yeah that write that write fanfiction yeah have have these passions because very yeah because Kath very much she has this is, she's a great writer in her own right and that's kind of like through the course of fangirl she realizes that you know that she can write, create her own worlds and, and write her own stories um, because for so long she's only been building off of the Simon Snow franchise um, and she's she kind of let herself get comfortable and like stuck there um, and so it's kind of her branching out but like a, a lot of a lot of authors start out that way like um, Marissa Meyer for the Lunar Chronicles she started out as a fan fiction writer um but also just the fact that fan fiction, even though it's not traditionally published or whatever, or it's like based off of other people's ideas, it's still real and it's still valuable. And, you know, it, so I, I appreciate that Rainbow Rowell, you know, is, is a published traditional author who views fan fiction in a positive light because I, I yeah, think I... some authors are like, eh. Yeah, like, I think there's some authors, yeah, that, that do not encourage it, and, like, you know, I think George R. R. Martin's one, like, he, I don't think he, he endorses fanfiction of any kind, because, I mean, those are his, you know, characters that he created in his world, and so, I mean, I kind of respect that opinion as well, but, I mean, yeah, it, it it is cool that an author can have that perspective, I mean, it's, it's like, the highest compliment to them that they've created these characters in this world that um, people like want to immerse themselves in and aren't mm -hmm. ready to let go when the books are over and um 
and that type of thing. And she and she explores like both um like kind of sides of the coin because you yeah, know in, positive in, and negative. Yeah, because like in in um in Fangirl, um, Kath writes a, a fan fiction you know story for one of her writing assignments and her her teacher is like this is plagiarism you didn't create these yeah. characters you know this and that which is which is true you know um mm -hmm. those aren't her characters and she's kind of building on something that somebody else has created but at the same time like you know she she's taking them places and you know creating new things for them to do and giving them different what if situations so i mean it's it's it is a legit form of writing and, it, and it's yeah. it's nice that an author can acknowledge that. Yeah, and it's very and it was very much inspired by um, and you mentioned Harry Potter. So like, and I'm always envious, or I just kind of wonder what if like those. So Catherine and her sister Ren, um, like they they are basically like the kids who were 11 when Harry Potter first came out, and they and yeah, they read. So they are that, they were like parallel, they are that generation. Yeah. Like it is such you know we talked about so it on there are Harry real Potter. people like that like yes they grew who, up with it yeah <laughs> and, and wrote and were obsessed and immersed and like wrote fan fiction and you know we're just so passionate about it in like it, it like Harry Potter is their childhood basically and I just find it so fascinating and we talked about it when we talked about Harry Potter episode so mm -hmm. so that phenomenon and and like the people who wrote fan fiction and were very passionate about Harry Potter. Um, and, and still are, but I mean, those who grew up with Harry, um, this is kind of speaking, the fangirl is kind of speaking to those people and, you know, about that, the wonder of that. Um, and yeah, and, and so it's kind of meta though. So carry on. Okay. So the parallel to Harry Potter in the world of fangirl is like you said the Simon Snow novels written by Gemma T. Leslie so that's fiction in a fictional world <laughs> <laughs> and then the main character Kath is writing fan fiction of these fictional of novels this, <laughs> of this fictional franchise in the fictional <laughs> world yeah so so it's interesting and so people are like well so is Carry On Kath's is is that what she was writing? Like, is your novel carry on what your main character in Fangirl was writing, or is it what the fictional author Gemma T. Leslie was writing? And Rainbow Rowell says, "No, this is mine. Like, this is my canon. So if I was writing Simon Snow, this is so yeah." And on her website, I'll just read what she has on her website. Um, she said. The most common question I've been asked is whether I'm writing as Kath or Gemma T. Leslie, and the answer is I'm writing as me. After I finished writing Fangirl, I kept thinking about Simon and Baz and the world of mages. I wanted to write more about them, but I didn't want to write the full series in the Gemma T. Leslie style, so that was like eight books um, that don't actually exist, but <laughs> anyway. And I also didn't want to write through Kath's hands and brain. Uh, I wanted to explore what I would do with this world and these characters. Mm -hmm. So even though I'm writing a book that was inspired by fictional fan fiction of a fictional series, I'm what I'm writing now is canon. So so it's it is its own thing. But but it's cool because, um, like like I said, I read Fangirl first, and so between each of the chapters, there are bits of. Um, 
Simon Snow's story. Yeah, so there's like the fan fiction from Kath. Fan fiction, yeah, in fangirl. Or what was written by um, Gemma T. Leslie. And so it was cool because, so I read Fangirl and read all those bits. And then when I read Carry On, I was like, oh yeah, that's alluding to this bit from Fangirl or this bit. Yeah, so it's so it's cool. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, too. yeah. So yeah, because yeah. since they are in their eighth year of school, like they're always looking back on you know all these other catastrophes that have happened the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And they're all and so it's re- but it's really subtle. Like it's kind of meant. So if you've read Fangirl, or you know, I'm sure as you as you're reading Fangirl, you're like, oh yeah, that like yeah, refers this, back yeah. to you know, this and that. <laughs> they, they... But not everything matches up because, like Rambaral said, like Carry On is her own take on it. Right, so there are right. some differences. Yeah. So, it, but this is canon. So, <laughs> carry on is canon. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> yeah. So this book, yeah. um, carry on, is not just like a love letter to fan fiction, um, but also kind of explores a lot of the tropes that we're seeing in YA nowadays, such yeah. as like the trope of the chosen one. Um, yes. Yeah, and she does it in a way that like Simon Snow is the chosen one he's uh, and there's this you know um what is it the insidious humdrum which is this like kind of overarching um very much like the the nothing from um never ending story <laughs> it seems yeah. like it's kind of like suck yes. it, sucking it's the exactly yeah yeah it's exactly <laughs> like the nothing oh my gosh well it's similar to yeah it's similar yeah. to the nothing well you know i, I can i can definitely see some part of that no, that's but anyway like you know simon snow is like the chosen magician um he's more powerful than anyone but he can't control his magic quite like he would like to um the way she writes about it like you can tell she's like simultaneously kind of like making fun of this trope but not in like yes. not like yeah. in a mean way like you know there's some stuff she says that's like very funny or snarky and you can kind of or I, I don't know like it's making fun of this trope but it's also kind of like celebrating it at the it's same also time. part of it yeah yeah it like is, it's very yeah, yeah it's, it's like snarky and sincere at the same time i don't know how it manages to walk this line um one thing i found really hilarious is like they're in their eighth year and, like, he says something about, like, yeah, at the end of every year, there's always this, like, huge, <laughs> like, <laughs> battle we have to fight or some catastrophe. And, yeah, it is pretty funny because it's like that in Harry Potter, too. Like, you know, it goes yeah. through school years and then, you know, there's, of course, like, the dramatic climax at the end of the school year. So, um, it's kind of funny. Or one time he's talking about, like, um, Agatha, who has been his, like, girlfriend the whole time, but they're not quite matched to each other but he's like yeah we never really talk unless like you know we're being attacked or we're like sitting at the bottom <laughs> of a well that's filling with water <laughs> or something like that yeah. like just something so like silly and dramatic you know but um but at the same time like i said it, it's very i don't know sincere it has like just the right amount of like seriousness and then like dramatic high school angst you know <laughs> Yeah. It's, like, pain- yeah, painfully it. sweet at times, and just, yeah, just really really good. Yeah, it's, like, Fangirl is a commentary on fan fiction and then, and fandom, and then Carry On is a commentary about fantasy tropes. Yes. And, but, and yeah, and like you said, like, but it, but it is done in a very, it's, like, humor, but also sensitivity, and, and really interesting because there are a lot of allusions and things 
So, like, if you're familiar with, with different tropes of fantasy, it's, like, it's even more intriguing as, as a reader. And, yeah, and she, in one interview, um, she was saying that, like, especially in the beginning of the book, she purposely put in several things that would make you feel that it was very familiar, like very Harry Potter-esque oh, okay. or other things. And she did that very, like, all the things that are in there as tropes, like, were very intentional. Yeah, very deliberate. And, and yeah, then she and kind so of, in the beginning, you're supposed to be it up like, and what, then she this is really apart, like yeah. this. Yeah, and then as you go on, it, it deviates from it, and, be, and it really is is a commentary about like what does it mean to be the chosen one or like yeah it, so it's really cool and the, and the ending is really cool um and also so like, yeah it's it's a fantasy it's like a magic there it's also got ghosts in it there's mystery and romance there's romance it's like the sweetest it's wonderful romance and, ever. It's, and it's notable <laughs> that it's between two boys which yeah, I think is so is cool because I don't. All the girls are squeeing, <laughs> including me. But I mean, it's so it's so nice to have like you know LGBT representation in a young adult novel. You know, so I, I think yeah, it was... it's such a nice romance too. Like it even is. in Fangirl between Levi and Calf, like I just I'm like it's contemporary fiction and I'm enjoying it. Like I super loved it. Like I just love Rainbow Rowell's writing style. Yeah, and how she writes romance is just really. Yeah, like it's sweet, it's super guess, sweet, but it's not heavy and sappy at like, all. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's great. It's not because her writing style is very dialogue driven, or I guess with Carry On, a, a lot of it is mental narration, but it still feels like like quick, like well paced dialogue, even though they're like speaking in their own heads. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, there's not a lot of frills, and it's and it in that sense, it kind of has more impact. I think. And what's fun too is like the the romance itself is very fan fictiony because yeah it's like the Drary the Draco and Harry yeah exactly <laughs> like it's between like yeah, Simon Snow's totally, the Harry character yeah. and um, Boz is the is the Draco character so like they've hated Nemesis. each other all through school and they've been at each other's throats and so what's funny to me is like um, since being sorted into Slytherin which. <laughs> It's like, I, I've noted this down as a life event because I learned a lot about myself. But anyway, I've been on, like, a lot of Slytherin tumblers and stuff. Yeah. And, like, you know, yeah, Harry Draco Tumblr romance is, like, a huge thing. Yeah, so yeah. There, there's Or lo- Draco and an apple, I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah, there's, well, there's lots of, yeah, there's lots <laughs> of, yeah, Draco and Harry fan fiction. So this is kind of funny because it's, like, a nod to that, but it's really nicely done. So, yeah, like, they had been at each other's throats um, for all of school, but they've been roommates. And, like, I knew where it was going because I knew the I knew the um, premise of the book, but it's kind of just really funny how it comes about. Like, um, Boz isn't there when they start school. So, yeah, like, it starts just like any Harry Potter book. You know, it starts when they go back to school. And so um, Simon's, like, looking for him everywhere and just talks about him constantly even though he's not even there and you know with with the um you know reasoning that oh you know i need to make sure he's not like off plotting my death or something and i need to look out and whatever but you can kind of see just like his obsession with him is you know you can see that it's like kind of something more penny rolling her eyes yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so yeah we've got some other kind of like really cool and cute characters like penny's kind of the hermione character Oh my gosh, but she is so, 
She's so cool. Yeah, like, she's great. That's why Levi in, in uh, Fangirl, he's like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's Levi like is yeah into, into Penny. <laughs> yeah, she's very cute. She's very smart. Um, You know, she's, she's Simon's Severely best friend. Severely loyal, yeah, to Simon. Like, she's very mothering to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. But one of my favorite quotes that really tells just how awesome she is. It's so, it's so funny because as she and Baz become better acquainted and they like have a lot in common similar interests that they like to talk about mm-hmm. and then at one point she's like we're just gonna do this and Bass is like the ethics on you buns like <laughs> she just wants to but then there's one where like she's thinking that Baz might hurt Simon and says Penelope steps between us if you make a single move towards Simon even a gesture in my house I will slaughter your whole family Basilton I'll kill them so hard they won't even be able to find the veil. <laughs> like, but she's serious. She's yeah. utterly serious. Yeah, so like, she's fiercely loyal and, you know, yeah. pr- protective of her friend. Yeah, and a genius. Yes. And she's part Indian, part English. Yeah, that's cool, too. We got some, you know, racial diversity, so that's cool. And Baz, he's part Egyptian. Egyptian, yeah. Yeah. Well, so what's, that's something I really love, too. Okay, so this is young adult... And so is Fangirl. Like, this is the only two books of Rainbow Row that I've read. But, like, there there are not... And people can argue this with Carry On. But... So, it, it's very common, which is super annoying to me in YA, where there's hot girls, hot guys. <laughs> That's all, like, just hot girls, hot guys. They're all blah, 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 whatever. So, it's really cool in Carry On is that Baz and... Because these are from their perspectives. So, of course, Baz finds Simon gorgeous, and Simon finds Baz gorgeous, but it's because they're in love with each other, but they describe them, they they are described, and they're, I mean, they're handsome, I guess, but they're also normal. Like, it says that Simon has broad shoulders and a broad nose, and he has kind of, like, bronze skin and, like, a ton of freckles, and or moles like he has a t- and he's and then um like baz he oh where is it um rainbow ral shared a couple years ago like his who he's kind of modeled after andrew ridgely who's that if you look him up he kind of looks like sylvester stallone his name is andrew ridgely and he's he an actor? from a a band oh okay um Oh, no, I can't remember. Um, oh, a wham? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, okay. Like, so, yeah, I know, so it I know George yeah. Michael, but yeah, okay. So he has these, like, in, this intense, but they're, like, hooded eyes, like. Okay. But, like, so you picture you him, but maybe, so originally Baz was, you know, had darker skin, but now he's a vampire, so he's, like, kind of gray, pasty gray looking or whatever. So, but, like, if you can imagine... Yeah, those eyes especially. Like, he has super hooded eyes, and then he has Widow's Peak. But in Fangirl and in Carry On, Simon says that he has the most annoying nose. It's like right. he he has this nose that he just wants to, like, grab onto and, like, pull down an inch or something. <laughs> like, it's, like, like it's it a starts, very... It starts up on his forehead. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and that his nose is kind of crooked at the end because of a fight they got into years right. ago. Like... <laughs> So it's like, and then when they describe Penelope, like, 
she is kind of a yeah she's like she's short like a heavier and chubby girl. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she has like dimples in her knees and like and that she weighs as much as simon and like but it's but we love her like yeah i just think it's awesome agatha is the one that is the traditionally beautiful yeah one, like she's and she doesn't end up with anybody right yeah she's flawlessly like, she gorgeous but yeah and she yeah you know I really, she does not get the guy. <laughs> you know, I really liked Agatha, and I'm glad she didn't make her into this, like, you know, just, like, either vapid or bitchy character, because she was neither of those things, you know? Like, she mm-hmm. she had her own, like, kind of internal conflict, you know? She just wanted to be normal, and she didn't want to have to go to this magical school, and she had a very, like, you know, she didn't have many friends at the school, but she had a very, like, rich life outside of the school, and then she yeah. wanted to make things work with Simon. She just realized they weren't really hitting it off, but she didn't. And that was another trope, was that the idea. Yeah. And she bought into it, too, because she, she was telling Penny. She's like, that's all we're good for is, like, we're the girls, so all we're good for is to, like, be the damsels in distress and stuff. And right. Penny's like, speak for yourself. Right. But, like, <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting, because you're right, Agatha, like, she had these wants and desires, and because we were in her head, like, we knew about them, but at the same time... She, she always chose to just go along with what people expected of her, mm-hmm. and then it wasn't until the very end that she quietly made her own choices. Like finally, yeah, 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 at the very, very end. But but yeah, it was it's interesting because yeah, she actually wanted to step away from the world of magic and not be caught up in it, and yeah. Yeah, Agatha. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting that that's another trope, you know, is that, well, one, that she's, like, the traditionally attractive one, but she didn't end up with, with anyone, and she wasn't a main character, and also that that commentary about, you know, she's the, the girlfriend or whatever, uh, like, it's expected that she has to be the girlfriend of the chosen one or, you know, this and that, and it has to right, be Right, like, he's the chosen stuff. one, and she's the prettiest girl at school, so of course so they of course sh- Yeah, of course way. they yeah. should be together, yeah. Yeah, and that's the, and that's just so awesome is, of course, that the, ne- the nemesis, the arch enemies end up together, like, and they, and for a while they spaz and Simon struggled with it, not the fact that, like, not the homosexual part, like, well, I mean, Simon was just like, does this mean I'm gay? I don't want to think about it right now. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact, but the fact that they assumed, had always assumed that they were predestined to be each other's downfall, like, well, that one right. would have to kill so the even, other. Even That's after they, they got with. together, you know, they were like, oh, yeah. I'll still have to kill you one day. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then how sweet, like, it's just so, yeah, so authentic because it's like, and then when it's all over and Simon isn't magical anymore, like, he doesn't have any magic anymore, and then he's worried that that Baz isn't going to be interested in him. Right, you know, like, like he only he's so different was now interested in them. him because he was powerful. And yeah, yeah you know, he's, he's going to get bored of it. He yeah. likes you for you, Simon. Yeah, I love when he said, he's like, I lost my mother, I lost my soul, and the crucible gave me you. Like, it's always been you, Simon. Like, I... I I, ch- I, choose I choose you. It. He said that. You're, yeah. you're not the chosen one, but I choose you. Love it. <laughs> and I love the ending too. Like it kind of reminds me of another one of my favorite books um, called Brave Story. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the way that Simon, yeah, it it wasn't because it that always bothers me too. It's like there's the chosen one, and then there's like 
the villain, like the terrible major villain. Yeah. With or without much backstory or whatever. It's like, like oh, you're yeah, just why evil do you just hate because him? I'm just or whatever. here to be evil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's like the humdrum, the insidious humdrum, the, the way that it was explained, you know, and, and how it was revealed, it's like awesome. And then how how it was dealt with was awesome. And because in, uh, in Brave Story, like the final battle pretty much is between the main character and himself. But like a shadow version of himself, oh, okay. like, like, um, pretty much like what is like the bad parts or like what's the the negative parts, and he, and the other the other character, also there was another character that had to fight his shadow self, and he assumed that you had to fight and kill your opponent, you know, fight and kill your shadow self, mm-hmm. but he ended up killing himself. Because he, I mean, he stabbed his shadow self, but it ended up, it was him. I mean, so he ended up dying, and then the, but the main character realized what was going on, I mean, before that happened, and just took the shadow self into himself. Like. Oh, okay. So it was, yeah. it wasn't about destroying the, your opponent, it was about like coming to terms with it and accepting it. And right. So that, and that very much is like what the ending of carry on was wow. like very symbolic you know well that it's happens like, in um never ending story too right yeah like when atreyu has to like look at himself in the mirror mm-hmm. kind of i don't know like facing yourself can sometimes be your biggest enemy yeah yeah and so i like i liked that that the it wasn't like a voldemort or whatever it was right <laughs> yeah and there yeah actually, there were no like yeah. truly evil characters, because even, like, the mage who turns out to be the kind of, like, the quote, bad guy, like, I don't think he was doing anything that he didn't think was right in his head. Yeah. Yeah. I do wish that there was a little bit more backstory on why the mage was so set on equality. Like, it makes me curious what happened in his family or in his younger days before he got to Watford that that made him so to me uh, he just felt fervorous for equality yeah and well to, revolution to me he just felt kind of like a hippie you know so it was just kind yeah, of like I mean, so maybe it was just it was just like time for that to happen like you know like here's how the establishment yeah. has been thus far so maybe it wasn't anything that happened to him personally but just mm-hmm. just how the world was at that time or whatever you know yeah like there was a you know a very strict rule going on and he's like I'm gonna revolutionize it and this is what we're gonna do and blah 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 and like because he, he was in so a... idealistic so yeah because yeah. I mean he was let into Watford so he was one of the um the, you know lucky percentage I guess that was a you know kind of a, at the top of the magic world but but like yeah it, I guess just his passion like his intensity about it made me wonder or made me think that there must have been something before, you know, previously in his life that spurred him on. But yeah, but yeah, and then in the end, he was just like, so... It just got the better of him. The intensity and everything. Yeah, and then Lucy... And it makes me wonder, at the end, did they figure out... Like, did, did Simon figure out that the mage... I feel like I guess they he learned that the mage was actually his dad yeah. and that he was created to be a vessel for the intense power and stuff. Yeah, I, and, I, I feel like he he yeah got what was going on. Because reading it over a second time, I feel like I got more 
understand, like, I... Because the first time I read it, I was like, did they figure it out? Or this <laughs> but then reading it through the second time, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, they got they, it. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. Well, and so um, this morning, there was an interview or a, a, something that Rainbow Rowell posted. And it was like, there's just a few tidbits, like a few facts about some of the characters. Mm-hmm. And one of them was that Simon Snow... In the story, he met one of his relatives, but he didn't know it. But then it's like, who? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, I don't... Yeah, so, but there is no... She doesn't say who. But then she also said that there's some continuity. After that was posted, she realized there was, like, some continuity error. And that some fan is probably going to figure it out, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Well, maybe, that... maybe she meant he didn't know it at the time. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, I don't know if the continuity error was about that comment. Right. But, um, but yeah, so it's interesting oh, that... okay. So it makes me... Like, I'm, I hope that gradually Simon learned more about... Like, if he knew that the mage was his dad, then he would know that Lucy um, Salisbury was his, was his mother. And then we know that he has a grandmother that's part of the hoity-toity society and... <laughs> And like a dud, a magical dud uncle somewhere. And anyway, so it's like just the idea that the story keeps going, and you know, you hope that Simon figures it out. Anyway, we should talk about food now. <laughs> yeah, we should. There's lots of food. Speaking of food, so there's a lot of fan fiction for Carry On, for Snowbaz, and one of them is baguette fan fiction. Like, that they're all baguettes and, and <laughs> breads and stuff. It's really crazy. <laughs> I love these, like, layers and layers of fan fiction going on. Yeah. I mean, how do you even... <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. But that the characters are actually baguettes, baguettes. and stuff. <laughs> that's like... <laughs> like, um, having dreams of being human. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Like, that's like, people construct, amazing. like, entire scenes out of peeps every year. I bet that's going on right now since it's close to Easter. (laughs) Yeah. That reminds me of the time Baz put Simon's wand in the microwave in the school kitchen. Oh, right. It blew up like a peep. Well, he thought it would blow up like a peep. (laughs) (laughs) Or that's what he said, but it actually exploded the whole kitchen. (laughs) Those guys. Learn from their mistakes. Do not microwave your wand. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, let's jump into food. There's lots of very, very intensely Britishy stuff in this. Yeah, here are my tabs. Yeah, I've There's got so many. I've got um, highlights in my Kindle, but I'm kind of annoyed because I also highlighted like a bunch of quotable stuff, and so now I'm not really sure what's what. Uh, I need different colors, yeah. like you have. <laughs> so the so just going on carry on. <laughs> The first thing that's mentioned is Mint Arrow. Mint Arrow. Now, and, I've never actually yeah. had an Arrow bar, and I assume you have since you have some, in your, send you one. Yeah, some in your possession. And I have so, like, some. what other yeah. flavors do they have? So, like, Mint mint is Simon and Boss's favorite. Yeah. What other? And that's in Fangirl and in Carrie. Right. Um, yeah, then there's just, like, regular, I guess. I don't, I've only ever seen two kinds. But oh, what's regular? Just more. chocolate? Yeah, I think. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, one of the things about Watford, um, which is Hogwarts, basically, uh, is that they have awesome food. 
They're always going on about, like, you know, whatever they're having for yeah. dinner. Um, Simon's favorite are the sour cherry scones. And he loves butter. He puts butter on everything. He said he will eat it with a spoon if he had the chance. Yeah. Which he did one time. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think if carry-on was a food, it would be a slab of butter. Yeah. I mean, and and it's yellow, that's so. A good, that's a good answer, <laughs> yes. The book is already yellow. Excellent. Yeah, so, so you yeah, made, Simon, yeah. that's like the first thing he thinks about when yeah. he thinks about Watford is the food and the sour cherry scones yeah, is like top of his list. Scones, yeah, Yeah, he says the teas, the puddings, the magic. Yeah, the teas, the, the puddings, the magic. Out, but then, yeah, things I miss about Watford, number one, sour cherry scones. Yep. Yeah, and they, they make a couple appearances. Yeah. So that's when he's listing his favorite things. He says one of his favorite things is Agatha. The spot on this list, you that's like at the last. She's the last. Yeah, thing she barely list. made it. She's like, uh, the spot on this list used to belong to roast beef. <laughs> and then he's like, maybe I shouldn't even say Agatha anymore because yeah. they falling out. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the sour cherry scones, and I'm and I made two versions of them. Yeah. I made the, like, because I couldn't find dried, dried cherries, cherries, so I used sour canned cherries, but then I did find sour dried cherries, so I also made those. Oh, but okay. We'll, yeah, we'll put links to those, but... I bet you can order, yeah, order with those, a lot too, of since they're dried. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah. And that sounds delightful. Yeah, so that's a big deal with a lot of, with a lot of butter. Oh, one thing I also appreciate is, like, not only, um does she often describe, like, the foods that they're eating, but a lot of times when she's describing the characters, like, kind of food comes into play, and, like, this yeah. this happens several times, like, what people smell like, or what they feel like, or whatever, um, so, mm -hmm. like, yeah, the next mark I have, um, is that, you know, Pen Penelope says the bathroom smells like cedar and bergamot, so that's Boz's scent, um, yeah. <laughs> one time when, um, like, later- Which is important, what he smells like, because- they say, like, because Simon is often, like, trying to catch whiffs of his scent or, like, smelling his pillow or something. Right, yeah, because, like, later, yeah. later he figures out that, um, Penelope's been sitting on his bed, which he doesn't like, um, because it smells so like, smells like intensity, yeah. intensity and brownies. <laughs> intensity and brownies, yeah. So, I love it. That's I so love cute. That. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. um, who smells, is it, um, uh, Simon that smells like sage? Well, so Penelope's magic is thick and oh, smells like sage. Yes. And then Basil later s simply says, like, kitchen herbs, um, but, right. but specifically sage. And then also um, he says that Simon smells like bacon and cinnamon buns. Oh, right, and right, And Simon's right. like, how can I smell like both of those things? He's like, whatever, you do. You smell <laughs> like something I want to eat. So Nice. End subject. Oh, yeah. So, like, kind of <laughs> a little bit related to that, like, you know, Penelope's, like, um, herby scent or whatever, like, this book was very pagany, like, even more so, like, obviously, you know, you've got, like, witches and wizards and whatnot, but, um, like, more so than Harry Potter, I feel like, um, like, they did do a lot, like, when, ah, sorry, I'm trying to, like, organize my thoughts, at the very beginning, when Simon's describing, like, how everybody feels the magic, um, mm -hmm. you know, is very elemental, you know, like, um, so Agatha's is, like, yeah. kind of, like, a water magic, and then Penelope's is an earth magic, and so I think that's why she smells, like, so earthy, like, herbs and stuff, and then, um, Boz, of course, is fire magic, so, yeah. like, yeah, the way he's describing, like, different people kind of have different, 
um, like elemental powers, and then also like they very much followed like the the wheel of the year. They they you know talk about the solstice and um, the you know auspicious times. Yeah, yeah, and so like in around Halloween, like the veil is getting thin. And they're actually visited by ghosts, you know. So all this is kind of like really mm-hmm. pagany stuff. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's nice that it and it's very clean cut too. It's I I like that how it's written very matter of fact like. Well, like we said before, like not a lot of description to weigh it down. Yeah, and it's very. I like. Yeah, I like how you brought that up, though. That it's. I mean, because it's about magic, and so it's like, even though it's in a modern world, and it's obviously a modern world, mm-hmm. but it and but it's very. Yeah. It has that duality, very clear, and it's just, but it just feels, right. Like it just jives. Yeah, yeah, like of it's course. like of course it would be like this. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I, yeah, I don't know. I know what I'm trying to say, but <laughs> yes, I agree with you. I like that you brought that up. Yeah, and that's another thing is that it's not. And I guess also because they're like 18 years old and stuff. They've, um, but like, there's killing and stuff. I mean, but it's not. It's like Simon has had to. He's grown up having to like kill creatures that are attacking him and stuff like that. Like it's just. A thing, and then Baz has to kill animals to to drink their blood because he, I mean, he will never drink the blood of a human. And it's like, but it's just very, it's it's not a touchy subject or anything. It's just because they're it's they're surviving. Yeah, they kind of do like do what they have to do. <laughs> yeah, and it's not made a big deal about it or anything. It's like, oh, we can't talk about that. Or, oh, can't, whatever. Anyway, so that's kind of refreshing too. And also, I guess because they're older, it's you know, they're older pe- kids, but, I mean, Simon, like, exploded a drag a dragon when he was, like, 11 or something, so, <laughs> I mean, anyway, because really, if these things were happening, that is what would happen, like, if you're, sur- if you've survived, that means that you had to kill a few creatures, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I, I Yeah, you can't that. get out with your hands clean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like, oh, you're a bad person, it's just like, oh, you're you like it okay whatever <laughs> anyway yeah so yeah a lot of food is kind of snuck in um so there are a lot of dinners and breakfasts at, at Watford that are mentioned but also just like um like in chapter three Simon talks about all I've got to eat is a chocolate bar and a bag of cheese and onion crisps. Yeah. Like just like different things are just food. I like how food is just kind of snuck in even when it's not like setting a scene or anything. Mm -hmm. Packet of gum and a carpet knife and the goblin. Yeah. He has to like cut the head off of a goblin because he's getting kidnapped. The goblin has gum. (laughs) It's like, why put that? But it's, it's just like, I like how she just adds this. Yeah. It just kind of fleshes out the the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're talking about they're they're having breakfast and like people are just kind of randomly casting spells. So there's somebody sending a plate of sausages down the dinner table like it's bouncing on wires. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun. I want to have a magical feast. Yeah, I have it three times a day. Oh, this isn't food related, but I have a little note that like just one an example of like some of the snarky stuff she puts in there is like um, Penelope's roommate is a pixie. Trixie the pixie. Yeah, and so she, I and totally she does, thought we'd see that. Yeah, and she does say most pixies so. are a little manic. So yeah, you that's got what your you're manic say, pixie yeah. dream girl just as yeah, a real so character in that. this book. Yeah, so just something just like 
cute grown Because that's also a trope or, you know, like a kind yeah, of cliche or whatever. exactly. And, yeah, and she totally adds it. It's really <laughs> fun. And then Baz, later on, he's like, he's like, you got pixie dust everywhere? And Penelope's like, yeah. <laughs> like, they were kind of, it was just funny how they were talking about it. And Simon's like, nobody cares. Yeah. There was one part that I made uh, a note on just to um, show, like, it stood out to me just to show, like, how much Watford meant to Simon. Yeah, it's interesting because at the very beginning, Simon is telling us, like, just how desperate he is for Watford and for and for magic and like for a long time he was afraid that that it, like he would leave the school for the summer and that he, he would realize that was all just a big dream yeah and that, like it, he wouldn't be able to go back in the fall and and but and so that's why he like doesn't allow himself to think about it over the summer and he is an orphan and he has no home besides that so yeah. that's also very like Harry Potter yeah and so um it's towards the beginning of the book when he's talking about Watford um, he says it's Watford has been here since the 1500s it's set up like a walled city fields and woods outside the walls buildings and courtyards inside at night the drawbridge comes up and nothing gets past the moat and the inner gates I don't stop running till I'm at the top of Mummer's house falling against my door I pull out the sword of mages and use it to nick the pad of my thumb pressing it into the stone there's a spell for this to reintroduce myself to the room after so many months away but blood is quicker and sure and Baz isn't around to smell it I stick my thumb in my mouth and push the door open, grinning. Um, but, so, like, it just stood out to me when he's like, I don't stop running till I'm up at the top of Mummer's house, which is where his dorm room is. But it's like, it's like, he he's just so desperate for Watford and to be back in that environment with the magic and to, like, feel mm-hmm. at, at place, like, at home. Yeah, like, he actually and belongs then, somewhere. Yeah, and then at the very end, when he, like, he doesn't, he loses his magic. He gives it all up to the to the nothing like to the humdrum to to fill that hole and which which is yeah very symbolic um and you know and then he's has that insecurity like now i'm not part of this world anymore like can you just imagine yeah, like, even like though the we're only, inside his head the only thing and we know what he's thinking matters at all we know there's more lost, to it yeah so. yeah so we know like even even though he doesn't say it like just knowing how much it meant to him like we can infer that, yeah, it's, he's really struggling, like, it's a really hard time for him, and, yeah, he just, like, clutches to that. I think it's a little nice for him, too, that, that, like, this is the only thing that he's had, but he realizes that, like, even when she lost it, like, you had more than that, you know, these people are still there for you, you know, you still got your friends and your, um, yeah, like, you have more than, than what you thought you had. (laughs) Yeah. You're gonna be okay. Yeah, and that's and that's part of, like he's realizing that, and yeah. So anyway, I I enjoyed. I thought that was cool. Kind of that, not necessarily a sandwich, but just kind of that arc for Simon. Well, it is the rise and fall of Simon Snow. So <laughs> fall and the rise. So like his story arc. Anyway, so more food. More food. Um. So, you know, Simon has been away for the summer and hasn't been eating much, so he's, like, re- very, like, skinny and gaunt when he gets to school, which is basically what, why he does nothing for months except for, like, shove food into his mouth and talk about boss. So, <laughs> yeah. so one, of the, one of the things, I, th- I think it's a Penelope chapter, um, she says, Simon always looks better after a few months of Watford's roast beef. 
which was on yeah. his list until he booted it for Agatha. Um, and she says, <laughs> and Yorkshire pudding and tea with too much milk and fatty sausages and butter scone sandwiches. So Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> and this and this and this. Yeah. yeah. Yorkshire pudding I made for our um, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell episode. Yeah, I thought of you. Yeah, so. We read that. Link back to Yeah, that. Yorkshire pudding, roast beef, gravy. Good stuff. Yeah. Intensely British. Yeah. And yeah, I kinda there are like so many food types I'm like losing my place. <laughs> <laughs> and I love um like the scone scenes also that and the, some of the magic like to keep to warm them up again. Penelope's like some like Some it like hot. it hot. <laughs> yeah, that's her food reheating spell. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, all the so all the cool, all the but... spells in this are like mm-hmm. little catchy phrases, you know. Yeah, idioms or phrases or a song lyrics yeah. or rhymes. Yeah. So that's something re- yeah, different really from really cool. Like the kind of Latin ish nonsensical words from Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, so it's know? not a dead language. It's very much a commentary on that because this is very much living language. Yeah, and in fact, they said because like it, some of the it's old what spells. Is popular yeah, some of the old spells away. are losing their power, like, you know, stuff they said in Victorian times that nobody really says anymore. And then yeah, <laughs> one time when they're yeah. fighting the dragon. I forget who does it, but somebody's like, you can't touch Penelope this. Does yeah, it. She's like, yeah. you can't she's touch like, well, this. but the dragon has to know it. Yeah, if he doesn't so. know that song, it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so. But yeah, the fact, because yeah. she, and she got that on her trip to America. That was one. Right. <laughs> she has a, the boyfriend in America. That's where she learned it, but it's, yeah, it was, fell on deaf ears because the dragon doesn't He's like, know sorry, I don't know that song. That spell's not going to work on yeah. me. <laughs> so. But it is really cool, that idea that yeah, magic and language and meaning. Like it's it's not even just the words. Yeah, but are very much linked. about the meaning of them and if the hearer n- understands. Right, the and like their and, their their elocu- yeah. elocution teacher like explains yeah. this or professor or whatever explains this to them that yeah, words have power, which is yeah. real. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of in fantasy books, yeah, it's like, I mean, it is about words, but it's about yeah, like in Harry Potter, like Latin or things like that. But yeah, in Carry On, there's they, they use Pig Latin a couple of times. Yeah, like, <laughs> like it's so it's just clever. But I really do like the idea that it, like magic, the magic evolves, the spells evolve, and and yeah, and especially with technology and like memes and stuff, like there's a whole plethora of like new spells that can that you can do yeah and, like anyway. you before we it's got really started cool. you were talking about like what your spell would be <laughs> so i pulled up like urban well i pulled up urban dictionary i'm like what's in here that i oh my gosh <laughs> that i could make a spell out of yeah so <laughs> or i, well, I would if, use like, like you're in a battle and you did like break a leg or something yeah yeah <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> that would give them good luck <laughs> I know, or would that give them good luck? Right, yeah, because some of them are really literal, and then some of them <laughs> are kind of yeah, like the spirit of it or whatever. Um, yeah, I guess it would depend on what they knew of it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, I'd use like song lyrics or something, but I have to make sure it's a song that everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. What if you like played the song and then used the right? You can't claim spell, you don't know. So, the so they heard it. And then they know, now they know it, and then... <laughs> That's true, but it would, it would still be very weak, you know? Like, I think, I think yeah. um, the point is, like, these are, like, phrases you've heard over and over again. So yeah, like, that are, like, in, ingrained yeah, in the so they, culture like, grow and in society. Yeah. yeah, and it depends on 
like what language and where you are in the world, like what culture too. So that's kind of cool. Is that yeah. each culture would have their yeah, d- their different own things that were meaningful phrases. Yeah. yeah. All right, so more food. Penny and I go back to the dining hall to get dinner, baked sweet potatoes and sausages and hard white rolls, and bring it back to my room. Yeah, so that like a lot of times they'll go back, um, yeah, and eat in his room. They'll grab stuff from the dining hall and take it up. Yeah, there. especially when Baz isn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah when Baz is Baz there. Yeah, he's in so many chapters to get to get there. Yeah, he kind of worries about it because he's like, ah, we're probably leaving crumbs everywhere, and he hates when people sit on his bed, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Lunches, ham and cheese rolls. Sausages. Um, jam, jam roly-poly. Yeah. I'm trying to catch up to where you are, like, flipping through all my... Yeah, I'm just kind of flipping through because there's nothing, like, huge. Secret toffee recipe. Where'd that come from? Let's see. Okay, got it. Yeah, so, like, one of the deceased relatives had come back to share her (laughs) secret secret toffee recipe. (laughs) She doesn't have any dark secrets to reveal, (laughs) so... I look back across the hall. I wonder what that girl's granny told her. Penny laughs and sacks her dishes. Probably her secret toffee recipe. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Um, okay, so now I'm caught up to where you are. <laughs> um, Agatha's mom has hats that look like wedding cakes because they're very posh and go to the races and stuff. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. And there's cake at the what is it called like the beginning the beginning of year um, celebrations out on the lawn like they're having a picnic oh yeah um, and let's see there's um, egg and there's, crust sandwiches yeah, roast chicken pork pie spice cakes with sour lemon frosting that sounds good I know so specific yeah and so, jugs of cold oh. milk and raspberry cordial raspberry cordial okay and a green gables yep <laughs> uh, and then the next page from that they're talking about magical science and Penny said not believing in portents was like not believing in beans on toast which beans on toast in Britain is like yep. the thing right. <laughs> for breakfast, breakfast, yeah. breakfast so that's like so common yeah so not believing in portents is like not believing oh in yeah and at the, the picnic too okay. the seventh years were passing around dandelion wine and Bacardi breezers <laughs> Yeah, they were seventh years. Yeah, I had that marked not on the where it went, but yes. Oh, there it is. Yeah, it's just right under that. <laughs> the the blue rabbit tab. Uh, yeah, I made sure I used rabbit tabs for this book just because. Well, at least in Fangirl, there was the the whole rabbit, the hairs. Was it the six hairs? Oh right, yeah. Um, story. That was what. Anyway, yeah, that was like the so fourth or fifth bunnies. book or something like that. Yeah. Um. Let's see what's next. By dinner, I'm so antsy that I'm tearing my Yorkshire pudding to shreds while I eat it. Yorkshire pudding, roast beef, gravy is what we have for dinner every year on the first day of term. Yeah. A Watford tradition. Cook Pritchard. Yeah, Cook Pritchard brought out the trays of roast beef. Yeah, Cook Pritchard. Baz has got in with Cook Pritchard because they're related. Oh, right. I forgot about that. And he, Cook Pritchard just gives, like, sandwiches and stuff to Baz. Yeah, so he's got and the hookup. No, like, no wonder Simon yeah. likes him so much. He's got the kitchen hookup. Yeah. Um, predatory plants at Watford. So there are goats. Yeah, dear Eb. Yeah, so Eb, Eb is like the, um, the, goats the, the, the Hagrid the character. Yeah. 
kind of. But unlike Hagrid, yeah, I mean they're they're Ebb different. But is they... super powerful. Well, it's interesting because yeah, she is like the Hagrid character, uh, and but Rainbow made her a very powerful magician, right? Yeah, who simply just doesn't. Yeah, she just wants to hang out with interested ghosts. People, in, yeah, don't need to be fighting evil all the time. Jeez. Yeah. It's more to life. I asked Eb. I asked Eb once if the magic hurts the goats when they eat it. They're goats, Simon. They can, they eat, can anything. eat anything. <laughs> so they eat the predatory plants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the reason why the insidious humdrum was named that is because whoever dis- or one of the scientists years ago, or magical scientists said that. That when you encounter the holes of nothing, basically, that it's like an insidious humdrum, a mundanity that creeps into your very soul. Mm. What's worse yeah, than mundanity in your soul? Ugh. Yeah. Let's see, Penny. Um, you look tired. Penny says at breakfast, in parentheses, fried eggs, fried mushrooms, baked beans, and black pudding. See, I like that. You know, like it's just like here, we're just gonna list what we had. <laughs> just... I know. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, it's so well, important. yeah, and it's also because we're in people's heads, and so yeah, it's like that's what a person would do, I guess. Um. Oh, and there's one I have tabbed. So this is like a Twilight reference. I haven't read Twilight yet, but I but I know this. Because I've seen like, oh, what's that? spoofs on it and stuff. Um, it's a. Let me see. So, it's no. It's Simon and Baz. And even after the summer, when I grew three inches, I swear that jammy bastard grew four. You've been following me, he said, looking for me, and now you've found me. It's not my fault you still haven't found what you're looking for. I know what you are. I snarled. His eyes locked onto mine. Your roommate? I shook my head and squeezed the hilt of my sword. Baz stepped into my reach. Tell me, he spat. I couldn't. Tell me, Snow. He stepped closer. What am I? I growled again and raised the blade an inch. Vampire, I shouted. He must have felt the force of my breath on his face. And then he started giggling. Really? You think I'm a vampire? Anyway, but just that whole, I know what you are. (laughs) Tell me. (laughs) That was like a thing from Twilight. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, that was kind of funny. Um, oh, and then Penelope says, uh, like, when Simon starts talking about Baz, she's like, I don't say anything. I really, really hate to talk to Simon about Baz. It's like talking to the Mad Hatter about tea. I hate to encourage him. <laughs> but yeah, it's so cute. But he just goes, he's so obsessed with Baz, but he doesn't realize, he, well, he finally does realize right. it's because he's, like, secretly in love yes. with him. But, like, Maybe that's why I've been bitching yeah. about that him. That he misses nonstop. him. Yeah. yeah. He always wants to be around him. Yeah, okay, so he did the black pudding. Scoop some egg onto her toast. Agatha's having egg on toast. Yeah, so they're having... Eggs, toast, and mushrooms. And Agatha's yeah. eating cereal. Um, yeah, so let's talk about, um... You know, Boz is a vampire. Cause yeah, some, so like, it's so interesting. Yeah, there's some, like, interesting mythology here. Yeah, and, and some of it is mentioned, like... I don't think garlic is mentioned, though, but sunlight is mentioned, and mirrors are mentioned, and, of course, eating, like, yeah. ha- the, which, is, which is interesting. So, yeah, he can... Sunlight bothers him, but it's not detrimental to yeah. him. Like it's just, and then, 
like he goes outside and is fine and stuff. Um, and then he can see his reflection. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I like, and th- like, at, that was at one point yeah. it was pretty funny because they're like, oh, we'll take a picture, but you probably won't show up. And he's like, that's mirrors, you idiot, you know, <laughs> like, or something like that. And then Simon is like, like even, what? You can't see a reflection? And then- <laughs> Even they can't keep their, like, mythology straight. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, people, um, you know, have heard, well, heard, yeah. heard some later. Things. Later, Baz is like, like just to himself. He's like, of course I can see my reflection, stupid snail. Like yeah. he's just like, you're such a moron, snail. Like, <laughs> but it's really cute. As I really like how Snow is like... so interested, though, yeah. to know because he cares about Baz and he and he's like he wants to know about. It's not like Penelope who would want to know just for the science of right. it, but he genuinely cares about Baz and and isn't afraid of him that he's a vampire and he's not. Like disgusted. Yeah, I was about to say disgusted. So he keeps when he, asking like, questions. Drains ear yeah, yeah. So, so, so Boz is one of those like quote yeah. vegetarian vampires who doesn't you know kill people. He eats. Yeah, he hasn't crossed over. Yeah, he goes down he to it, the yeah. crypts and eats rats and gross stuff like that. But um, in in this story, vampires have to eat both blood and actual food. Like they live on less actual food yeah. than. Um, people would but like you know when boss gets kidnapped and these like whatever they are um like little troll numpties is that what they are yeah yeah, so they're they're feeding him blood (laughs) to keep him alive but they don't realize that he also needs food so he's he's like living but he or surviving but he's still really weak because he hasn't had any food for like three months or however long they had him so yeah so so vampires need both yeah so uh, yeah i thought that was really interesting and why like why Rainbow Rowell chose to make that a th- part of the mythology, the vampire mythology in this world. Like, I mean, because it's a very purposeful thing, and so I, so I just thought it was cool. Yeah, and Baz, he says, "I'm always hungry now." Like, you know, and that, and of course, that's talking not only about blood and food, but also, you know, just speaking about because he, he's kind of. Uh, you know, down on himself. He's like, I'm not even, I'm not really alive. And then Simon Snow is like, of course you're alive. Like, and he's like, well, no, I have to eat living things. And and Simon's like, we all do. Like, that's right. just part of being alive is that we all, like, we eat plants or we eat animals. Like, we all have to. And, and Bass is like, no, you don't get it. Like, <laughs> Simon's like, whatever. <laughs> anyway, as, so it's because Simon is very simple. Yeah. Like, but it's, but it's a good contrast to Baz. Like they, it's so nice how just how they fit and. But yeah, I just thought that was really yeah, interesting. Yeah, Baz being all part. like dramatic and tortured and whatnot, and Simon's like, calm, calm down. <laughs> so. It's like, dude, you're not a monster. You're alive. Da 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 da. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one thing. One yeah, thing I enjoy cool. is like instead of saying like, oh God, this or that, you know, they they say like. Crowley or Morgana or something yeah. like that. Yeah, there's like a lot of like Marilyn and yeah, yeah, like or yeah, Merlin or Chomsky or something like that. So there's like a lot of um, and then I think at one point Simon's like Christ this or that, and he's like, oh, I've been with normals too long because I'm using their <laughs> phrases. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was kind of cool. Um, that reminds me of like the Lumberjanes in the comic. They their expletives are like famous women. Oh. I like that. And so it's kind of, yeah, so this is, like, famous magicians or famous, um... Yeah, like... Cult leaders or something yeah, like that. Like yeah, yeah, practitioners Crowley's. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Alistair Crowley's yeah. the best. Oh, man. 
Um, we'll see. Yeah, Penny turns to face me, holding out a slice of Bottenberg cake, which is that, yeah. like, checkerboard, um, cake covered with marzipan. Mm. Yeah, I didn't look. I meant to look it up. Yeah, it's like, um, they color, like, certain squares of it pink, and then you have, like, just regular sponge cake or whatever, so, it, like, when you cut it, it looks like a checkerboard. Nice. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of kippers. Penny's, Penny's mom is Indian, and she makes biryani and leaves the steaming plate outside of her um, father's door. They're both professors, and they're both very busy and always working and stuff, yeah. so yeah, she leaves the steaming plate of biryani outside his door. I have a biryani recipe I can share. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a rice dish. Yeah, you're all about the biryani. That's right. Let's see. My mother... Oh, Boz is talking about his mother, who was the old um, headmaster of the school. Um, so when he's in the office, he's like, my mother kept tea in this drawer and mint arrow bars and clove yeah, drops. Yeah, this is mint arrows again. Yeah, so the first thing Baz eats when he gets rescued is big a couple of Big Macs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah, Boz's Aunt Fiona. I like her. She was one of my favorite characters. She she's a badass. She yeah. like busts into the nest of the you know numpties and kills a bunch and then rescues Boz and um, she's an interesting character because you know her sister um, Natasha who was Boz's mom was like the headmistress and at one point she said she was like groomed for greatness. Whereas Fiona is kind of like the black sheep. You know she she's single. She's thirty seven. She hasn't really like um, like. I guess done a whole lot with her life, but she is... Well, she was kind of on track, because she was in China, like, being an apprentice to someone, um, but then as soon as her sister was Yeah, killed, that kind of, well, like, died, that did kind of, like, you know, derail her, yeah, her so life. Yeah, she, so. she stopped her life. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. You could see how, like, yeah, the death of her sister had affected everyone. But, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, Boz is her favorite, and she, like, takes care of him and stuff, so... I like yeah. I like their relationship. Yeah, she's cool. And then at the end, she's given the position of vampire hunter. Like officially, right. she's like the head head vampire hunter. But I want to know because that's something that is left wide open or totally unanswered is Nicodemus. Right. Because he he like gets in the car with Baz and puppy possessed. Or <laughs> Penelope possessed puppy, and then he's like, "I have to go save my sister," and then that's all we hear. But he and Fiona used to be an item, and so, but he's a vampire, and so is she gonna? So it's like I imagine that they're having their own story right now. <laughs> like right. she's a vampire hunter, she's conflicted, and then but he's a vampire. Yeah, but he's been defamed. And what happened to him? Yeah. But, like, what happened? And Eb died. Like, he went to go save Eb. Yeah. But then... So he's kind of lost purpose. Uh, yeah, so it's like, what... What's uh, going on I with him? Maybe, what happened to Nicodemus? Maybe you should write this book, Diana. Maybe you should write some fan fiction. I don't know, but somebody surely yeah. <laughs> has asked it. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, Cottage Pie. So, Cottage Pie and then Shepherd's Pie is mentioned later. So cottage pie is when it has ground beef, and shepherd's pie is when it has ground lamb. Oh, I did not know that. But difference. often it's used interchangeably. interchangeably. But, yeah. So, yeah, Penny, Penny's eating some cottage pie. Nice. And 
and, um, and so I have a tab uh, for the crucible so which is interesting that it's called the crucible so instead of a sorting hat they have something called the crucible which of course assigns you roommates basically yeah but it, it's an actual crucible and so and so it has like it they put lead in it or something and then put sit it in the fire and then as it melts people feel the tug to who they're supposed to be a roommate with but just the fact that it's it's a crucible is very um symbolic as well like telling because you're with the, that roommate for like seven or eight years yeah. so it is very much a crucible like your dorm room is <laughs> like the because you what do I want to say? A crucible is like intense heat and it refines things and so that's very much what your relationship goes through. And so that's and that's what Simon and Baz went through. It was kind of like a crucible. And then they came out their pure selves. That's right. Yeah. Anyway. What about Penny and Trixie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. Yeah. <laughs> didn't work for them <laughs> oh and i love okay so there's raids going on um uh, and oh yeah like the mage is sending so the comment about the cookbook yeah so so he yeah he's he's taking like all he's going to all the old families and you know going through their libraries and like confiscating all these books and yeah boss is like even some of our cookbooks have been <laughs> yeah or even some of our cookbooks are banned, are banned yeah. it's been yeah Though it's been centuries, at least, since the pitches ate fairies. <laughs> you can't even find fairies anymore, and it's not because we ate them all. Right! <laughs> so fairies are mentioned several times about how they've disappeared, and, yeah, and about bringing them back, or about yeah. eating them, or something. So that's kind of funny. Okay, but it's been centuries. What's the big deal? And then we've got, yeah, more scones. We go into a ramen restaurant, but Simon doesn't want to go. Yeah, and then the biryani. Let's see. Yeah, more arrow bars. And kippers and toast. Yeah, it's always kippers and toast for breakfast. Chestnuts. And yeah, and later on there's some chestnut. So um, when they get trapped outside of the drawbridge at the school grounds, there's some little snow devils that were like, they, were, they threw chestnuts at Simon's. Right. Head. Um, but then later on, chestnuts make an appearance again with chestnut stuffing at Baz's That's house. That's right. Which for, Simon for like says Christmas that the dinner. food at Baz's house, yeah, he says the food at Baz's house is even better than at Wap. Yeah. Which is, which is like, yeah. A, a and one of my bar. favorite scenes, yeah, um, is when they first start working together to solve the mystery of Baz's mom's death. Um, they're all up in their dorm room, in Baz and Simon's dorm room, and then Baz brings up some food. Yeah, he's got, like, apples says, and sandwiches and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. He opens up his book bag and takes out a few apples and things wrapped in wax paper. Eat, he says, throwing one at me. It's a bacon roll. He's also got a pot of tea. What's all this, I say? Tea, obviously. I know you can't function unless you're stuffing yourself. I unwrap the roll and decide to take a bite. Thanks. Don't thank me, he says. It sounds wrong. Not as wrong as you bringing me bacon buddies. So, yeah, and I had to look. So bacon buddies, it's like buttered. I, so I, I made some, um, actually. But oh, nice. It's, 
it's very common uh, like bacon sandwich in basically. the UK. Yeah, it's bacon sandwich with like brown sauce and uh, on like buttered toast, basically. Yum. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, but super bacon. <laughs> Um, digestives and milk when Baz was a little baby that's what he would get Aww. in the, nur- the nursery on with the rabbit mural on the school grounds yeah a ton of tea and a lot of using the some like it hot <laughs> yeah because you know it's and, terrible when your tea goes cold yeah and then uh, when the dragon comes on campus and Baz does the Ladybug, well, Ladybird, because it's it's in Britain, but Ladybug, Ladybug, fly away home. Your house is on fire and your children are gone. But that nursery rhyme, it's about, the, you know, all except one, and her name is Nan, and she hid under the porridge pan. But, like, how the rhyme goes is that you say all except one, and then so-and-so, like, under the soup tureen, or under the griddle stone. So, yeah, nursery rhyme with food in it. Also, kind of a brutal nursery line. <laughs> yeah, about the kids being... <laughs> yeah. The poor dragon. <laughs> and... Let's see. Oh. Snow puts down a book and comes to take the jug of milk off the tray. He lifts it towards his mouth, his mouth and I kick his shin. Anathema, he says. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to protect you from your own disgusting manners. The room won't blame me this time, you oaf. There are glasses right there. He sets the milk down on the table between our beds, then takes the drinking glasses and the handkerchief full of sandwiches. Cook Pritchard just gave you all this? He unwraps a stack of brownies. She likes me, I say. I thought she liked me, he says. I saved her from a kitchen sink. Yes, well, she likes me for who I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then Penelope's there. So this is when they're in the, uh, having another meeting in their room. Vampires, Penelope says. Are you even listening? I sneer out of habit. Put a sandwich in it, Bunce. <laughs> I love that. I love that one. I love yeah. That. Anyway. And she smells like blood and chocolate and kitchen herbs. Yeah. Yeah, and Baz, her, he doesn't like to eat in front of people uh, because it makes his fangs pop out. So he's really self-conscious about that. Yeah. Yeah, intensity and brownies. Rich tea biscuits and coffee is what um, Eb has. Yeah. Salt and vinegar chips. That was really cute. Or salt and vinegar crisps. Apparently, Baz loves to eat them at night. Yeah, and brushes the crumbs. Pushes the crumbs in between their beds. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, if you're going to have a carry-on party, make sure you have salt and vinegar chips. Yeah. Um, when Simon goes to Baz's house for Christmas, and, you know, he's eating the, I think it's yeah. the, Chris, the Christmas Eve dinner, he's, um, Baz uh-huh. says of him, everything on his plate seems to confuse him, and he alternated between staring at his food miserably and vacuuming it up because he was clearly <laughs> ravenous. Yes. Yeah. And then, yeah, I've never actually sat at a table with snow before. I let myself watch him and let myself enjoy it, at least for a few minutes. I keep doing that since this all started, indulging myself. What's that they say about having dessert first if you're on the Titanic? <laughs> That's the thing again. It's like they know, like they just both assume that every like things are going to turn out yeah. terribly for them 
So, but yeah, Bess is like, so I'm just indulging myself now. <laughs> they go to Fiona's house and um, eat at her grotty little table, drinking tea <laughs> and dunking lavender shortbread. Yeah, lavender. Yes, that was that was and that was the runner up of what I wanted to make because I love lavender. Mm-hmm. Lavender shortbread. Um, there's something called Bickies. What's eating Bickies for breakfast is what Fiona does. Oh, I don't know. Let me Google that. B-I-K-K-I-E-S. Urban Dictionary. Bickies. Oh, a biscuit. What Australians call a biscuit. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright. Oh, and um, so then Agatha is at Penelope's house. Yeah. And they're making uh, <laughs> gingerbread girls. And Agatha's making all hers pink. And, you know, both Penelope and Penelope's mom give her a hard time about it. But Agatha just likes yeah, pink pretty so things. But I love what, I love what, um, you know, Agatha's actually happy to be hanging out with Penelope, even though Penelope doesn't care about her that much, because she just wants friends. She's just a simple girl, yeah. you know? I love what um, Penelope's mom says. She's like, it's good to have a life that passes the Bechdel test. <laughs> so that's yeah. nice. I like that. Yeah, but it is funny how... Penelope is like, do they have to be pink? And then her mom comes in later and is like, do they? Why are they pink? Like, they're both twins. They're like twins. Yeah. Penelope and her mom. <laughs> but I like how Agatha. Yeah, she does kind of stick up. She's like, I like pink. Yeah. And this is like so very current with all the like you know the, you know pro princess and princess backlash stuff. You know, so like that did feel very current that conversation. And she presents yeah. both sides. Like, no, they don't all have to be pink. But if you want them to be pink, they can. <laughs> so, you know, there's no there's no wrong answer here. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Somebody is stacking food. Oh, okay, yeah. So, That's the yeah, dad. Penny's dad yeah. comes in. Of course, he's a very busy professor. I, li- I like how, like, her mom and dad are just kind of into their own thing and kind of just scrounging <laughs> yeah. whatever. So he stacks up some food, which is... I lost my note. Um, something, something, and... Two yogurts and an orange and, pra- and prawn crackers. A packet of prawn crackers. Yes. Yeah. So. And it's funny because they're making the gingerbread uh, cookies, and then like people just keep grabbing them and eat eating them. But it's like from Agatha's perspective, so <laughs> she's like, no, seeing like these people are just, but they're not like the mom and Penelope and the dad. Like they're all just grabbing one, but they're not really even thinking about uh-huh. it. Like they're just. But she's like, they're grabbing them faster than I can take them, than I can decorate them. <laughs> so, like, Agatha is just observing all of this, and then <laughs> the Blences just keep eating the gingerbread, even though they're supposed to take them <laughs> to Simon. Like, it's really funny. Let's see, we, we uh, get a curry and samosas. Yeah, I think this is when, yeah, Boz and Simon are out, and Simon's, like, starving, so they go to eat a curry. Yeah, and then he doesn't, Baz doesn't eat with right. them. Right. Like you should eat something, I say. He raises an eyebrow. Oh, piss off! And then it's Simon's like, I wonder if this is why he's never had a girlfriend because he'd take her on dates to the library, then insist on sitting there creepily while she ate dinner <laughs> alone. <laughs> but then he le- he later Baz later tells him like why? Because Simon's like, are you anorexic? And he's like, no, no, I'm not. Do you even know what that means? And then and then he says, yeah, that I just don't. My fangs pop, and and I don't want to eat in front of people. Yeah. yeah. So then they get to the vampire den, and he says, bloodstains, blood cocktails. It looks like most people down here are drinking gin. I see bottles of Bombay Sapphire on all the tables. So that's what the vampires are into. Gin. Yeah. 
question. Yeah. And Simon's like, Baz is the hottest vampire around. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a lot of deer. Yeah, then there's <laughs> so, some eating of deer. Venison. Yeah. But it's really, yeah, deer blood. Like, Doe, a deer. <laughs> Doe, a deer is the spell he so, casts. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah and the, yeah and I just love I just love the questions that Simon asks Baz like about being a vampire like he's really interested yeah um, but then yeah he says does it have to be fatal every time the biting couldn't you just drink some of a person's blood then walk away <laughs> I can't believe you're asking me this Snow you You've never who can't walk away from half a sandwich yeah <laughs> I like that yeah. and then oh we got yeah when they oh go ahead huh? go ahead um, when they come back in from the kissing, <laughs> I know that's the whole, I, I feel like we shouldn't, well, we're talking about food, but like, yeah, that whole scene is amazing. But anyway, they come back in and... Yeah, so there's lots of making uh, out and then more eating, so... Yeah, are you hungry, Baz asks? Yeah, he pokes around the refrigerator, just your typical vamp, typical teenage vampire getting a midnight snack. He shoves a casserole dish into my arms, then grabs some forks. Milk? Coke? Milk, I say, grinning. I can't stop grinning. He puts the carton on top of the casserole, grabs some cloth napkins from the drawer, and heads up to his room. It's a struggle to keep up. I wish I knew what I was thinking. I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's like, I wish I knew what I was thinking. And then Bass is like, I don't know what I'm yeah. thinking. But it's just really cute, because they have this whole dramatic scene, and then they're, yeah, like, making out in a burned-out wood. And then, and then they come home, and just, like get some food out of the icebox. Yeah, like you do. Yeah, and Simon is just grinning like an idiot because of what, you know, because they were, like, kissing. Yeah. And then also just seeing Baz, a typical teenage vampire, like, rummaging around in the refrigerator. Yeah, typical. Yeah, it's, it's all so very cute. It's sweet. very cute. Yeah. yeah. And then, hey, you're getting warmers, the casserole dish to be, to heat it up. Yeah, and then that's the shepherd's pie. Yeah, and they it's just like sitting on Baz's lap, and they're both eaten out of the container with their forks. So cute. Alright, so Penny... And there's more kissing. Penny shows up the next day with her, you know, gingerbread biscuits. And eats another one. Yeah. <laughs> before she gives it, yeah. Yeah, what's a Ribena? A Ribena. Oh, I don't know. Where does where this... How do you spell it? I forget. Rabina. Oh, it's uh, some kind of black currant drink or something? Yeah, black oh, yeah. Yes. When I'll be this Crowley, I don't know. Whatever the families cook up for me, probably I'll be the one they ask to poison your Ribena. Now that you trust me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so then there, there's actual Christmas dinner. He's like, I didn't think rich people actually ate this way. At a long table covered with red and gold cloth, um, thick napkins tied with poinsettias, platters with heavy silver lids. There's turkey legs, there's chestnut stuffing, um, pitcher yeah. of milk, turkey stuffing, baking, lashings of gravy. Um, at Agatha's house, her parents are also throwing a party. She's got prawn cocktails, a sparkling tiered jelly. Yeah, some trifle. Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to catch up to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to move. I know. Together. Yeah, there's just... There's a, a lot. <laughs> huge, yeah, huge amount. Yeah, so at, Penny, at um, Penny's house, there's nothing in the fridge but a raw turkey, crapple. and so they didn't want to... They didn't want to use the spell <laughs> yeah. to cook it, so they eat cereal, which he later names drop 
is uh, Weedabix, which you may remember yep. from our Buff- from, Buffy episode. Yeah, that Spike loves yeah. that. Um, yeah. so- oh, and then Lucy, when Lucy is talking about her and the mage's past, um, they ate a lot of eggs and oatmeal. Crowley, oh, yeah, we so ate much so oatmeal. much oatmeal. <laughs> which I was also feeding to the chickens. Yep. Yeah, she said, you can extend food with magic, you can make food out of pillows and candles, you can call birds down from the sky and deer in from the fields, but sometimes there's nothing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And so they, yeah, they are kind of living their, like, hippie lifestyle and they don't have a lot. Um, Agatha eats some leftover party food, Diet Coke, and some soggy, uh, soggy artichoke crostini. Yeah, which actually sounds good. Oh, here's another one of those, like, pagany things that I, like, made a note of. Um, you know, so Lucy, in her flashbacks or whatever, is pregnant with Simon. Um, he'll be born at Solstice. Just like, um, the god in, in, you know, pagan mythology, but also, like, Jesus. Which is where that kind of stems from, so he'll be born at the Solstice. Yeah, because the mage is always talking about auspicious times. Right, the, yeah, like, um, yeah, the like times feast that, days and whatnot, yeah. Yeah, because usually, yeah, it's like, if there's a full moon, or plants are in alignment, or, yeah, the seasons. Right. And, yeah, that's, so, uh, yeah, that's really interesting. I know, the whole thing with Lucy. It's very sad. That was really sad, yeah. Um... Yeah, there's roasted gammon, which is like a pork leg that's mentioned. Yeah. Um, virgin virgin oh, mojitos? Yeah. What was this? I made a note, but I forget what that was. That's Minty with Agatha's friend Minty. She's just imagining that, like, Minty's mom, like, just hanging out with oh, Minty. Oh, right, yes. That Minty's mom would make them virgin mojitos and they'd watch Mean Girls and stuff. Yeah, because, <laughs> whoa, that's so Mean Girls because her mom's the cool mom. Brings them, brings them cocktails. Oh, and then I made a note right after that because she said um, she, she thinks she's gonna die because she's, um, I guess I forget what she was doing, like going to see the major, or whatever. Um, she says, "I wish yeah. I were wearing something other than leggings and UGG boots." I always figured yeah, I'd make a more yeah, beautiful it's like she court. Yeah, seems so shallow. Well, no, she's like, like Agatha's like such a. But it's her. She's own such. Person. She's, she's such a basic person. bitch, but she's. But she, but she does have some depth, you know. I really like Agatha. Yeah. Well, Rainbow said that Agatha was like the hardest character for her to write. But she um, is a very tropey character that is like kind of different than the, you know, mm-hmm. basic trope. Um, let's see. I was hoping there'd be sandwiches. I ignore him because I'm not yeah, a walk for to make friends or small talk, especially <laughs> on my way out, or at least cake. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then after they have their serious talk while dancing in front of everyone, and then ba- and then Simon is still like, "Can I have some sandwiches?" <laughs> it's really cute. Yes. And I, it's interesting also like the, the one of the big scenes towards the end with um, the humdrum. I mean, this was before the the final scene with the humdrum, but that he makes Baz hungry, like that whole that whole scene. Um, Baz says something's wrong. I'm hungry. Baz, you're always hungry. No, it's different. And so the humdrum kind of makes him like a wild animal, mm-hmm. but like that hunger. But it's that emptiness, like hunger meaning the emptiness, right? Which is so so. Yeah, I kind of wonder if 
I don't know if that was purposeful or not, but I mean, this book is hugely filled with food. So it's like the idea of being filled, but then the contrast of what is the, the nemesis in this story is being, is being empty. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, definitely. Anyway. Yeah, and then Baz is like, Calm down, Miracle Boy. I'm still a vampire. You still smell like bacon and homemade cinnamon buns. <laughs> like it. How can I smell like bacon and homemade cinnamon buns? You smell like something I'll, I'd gladly eat. Mm, bacon cinnamon buns. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Pumpkin mocha yeah. breve. All right, so yeah, th- yes, do this it. is yeah, this is one of those things I super enjoyed because it was both in like I was thinking already after reading Carry On to make this because uh, I think Boz makes it of his own invention makes it for Simon and he says it's like drinking a candy bar, um, and this pops up in Fangirl because um, one of Cat's friends that she has a little romance with Levi works at a Starbucks and so he invents this like quote pumpkin mocha breve which he fixes for her so I think um yeah that that was one of those nice little details that um yeah crossed over so once I read it in fangirl I was like oh yeah I'm definitely making that (laughs) so yeah so how did how do you make that well okay yeah so let's get into recipes because this is one of the last notes in this book I think Unless she has something after Yeah, it's pretty much... I mean, yeah, we're pretty much covering it. Okay, I think think we covered it. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, pumpkin mocha breve. So, I basically made it kind of like a pumpkin spice latte and a mocha. Like, I used um, espresso, Bustello, my favorite, um, with, you know, a little bit of cocoa powder, a little bit of pumpkin puree, and then I added some cardamom, which is my favorite... My favorite... um, spice but I, it was a nice like nod to Boz because like that's kind of how you make Arabic coffee and so he since he's got some like Egyptian blood you know I thought that'd be kind of cool yeah. so that was my spice in there and so I just you know put hot water over that whole thing and a breve um is basically a latte but you make it with half and half instead of milk <laughs> so it's like a latte is already pretty indulgent so this is even even more so so yeah, so then I just um, heated the heated the half and half and um, like kind of frothed it with a ladle and then just mixed it all together. Pumpkin milk or breathing. Yeah. Nice. So how about yeah? Oh, and, go ahead. And the lavender shortbread would sound. sound yeah, good like too. I want to make lavender shortbread because yeah, I was thinking about that. Good. I made shortbread for um, our um, ever after high episode. And, um, I made it from, like, a base recipe that you can add different flavorings to. So I was thinking Mm -hmm. to just use that recipe again and, like, you know, here's another variation that you can make. So I might end up doing that eventually and posting that as well. Nice. Yeah, I've made lavender and cardamom shortbread Oh, nice. I've made some, like, lavender and lemon cookies. It wasn't... I have lavender sitting on my desk right now. I love lavender. It's, like, my favorite thing. (laughs) Oh. It's like some dried lavender. Yeah. Sometimes I'll like take off a little piece and eat it. <laughs> I love to just smell it. To, I've, like, got, calm, I've got dried. Calm, I've right? got dry lavender in the um in the spice cabinet yeah. and yeah, it's very pretty. I've got lavender and I've got rose. So they're yes. very fun to use and they're so pretty too because you get like the little flecks of flowers mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. So how about you? What'd you make? 
So I made shepherd's pie because I was thinking about pie day. Yeah. But also nice because. Yeah. But also because that scene, like, that's when they come yeah. in after their first kiss. The food from the best scene, so. I know. I just, I just want to, like, read that. So was your sexual shepherd's pie, like, did you use lamb? Yes. Yeah, so okay. I, I got ground lamb. Mm. Um, and I wanted to make it really basic, like, because there's a lot of additions that people throw in, like, cheese on the top is really American, yeah. and, like, anyway, so I wanted to just try to... Keep it traditional. Because it's, yeah, try to try to be a little more traditional, or, or what I understood to be traditional, I guess. Um, so, yeah, so ground lamb, and then a carrot, onion, um, and I would contemplate it to put peas in it or not, but I did just to give it a little bit. Yeah, color. I like peas in there, because, yeah, it looks... Yeah. Looks good. Um, and then some uh, beef stock, tomato paste, and parsley and rosemary, and, and Worcestershire <laughs> <Don't> sauce. <laughs> Worcestershire. <laughs> anyway, that, those, that guy. And... <laughs> yeah, and then potatoes but i wanted to make it more pie-ish mm -hmm. so i like made a thin layer of potato on the i used a like a deep dish pie pan and then did like a thin layer of potato mashed potato on the bottom and the sides oh, okay. and then put the meat in that and then put the some the rest of the nice. potatoes so you on had the full potato crust yeah nice. yeah and i thought it was pretty good um but yeah basic so you know you could add you know other things if you wanted like if you wanted to add some corn or something like that um but something i've been wanting to do i think i'll, I'll do it um in the upcoming months uh, so there are some special prints for carry on by uh, various artists and lauren baldo she did a print it's simon and baz and they're holding hands like walking across a crosswalk and baz is looking at his phone and simon has an ice cream oh. <laughs> like he's holding an ice cream cone and I imagine it's like butter ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably French vanilla, cause, but but I'm like butter I ice know, cream. It's because it's kind of a little bit yellowish. But anyway, it's just so cute. So I just imagine butter ice cream. So I'm like, I want to make butter ice nice. cream. Nice. And yeah, there are just so many foods that I. So many more foods for this book that I want to make. Like, and I've done bacon buddies, and I've done the, um, like I said, the like two versions of the sour cherry scones and. Um, but yeah, there's just, it's like, just to do like a whole cookbook of carry on. <laughs> but yeah, but I, what, I do plan on typing up a, a menu for the book, like going through all the food, food menus nice. and yeah. just writing that. So if anybody wants to have a party or something. Yeah. They can. Carry on. Yeah. And I'm really hoping someday... Well, it probably won't happen, but there should be a carry-on movie. Oh, for sure. Like, some of the scenes I can just envision. This would make a fantastic movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it would just be... And then we'd all be like, Yeah! Oh, my gosh! So cute! <laughs> That'd be funny to yeah, be in the audience. <laughs> just... Yes. So, I think that's it. Yeah, I think we've, we've gushed, gushed enough. This. There's no gushing left to do. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, we love this book. Yeah, it's just an awesome book. Yeah, thank you, Rainbow Rowell, for writing. Yes, something so wonderful. 
You're my new favorite YA author. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was disappointed. I like, I was like, oh no! When, because Goodreads had their, um, like they do Goodreads awards, and Rainbow Rowell said that if, if Carry On was, if Carry On won, like for the YA category, mm-hmm. she would write a sequel. Oh! But it came in second! Oh man! Maybe she will anyway. But I was like, oh! I don't stop you. No. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe someday. But I feel like, yeah, Carry On is yeah, just one can super hope. popular. So, yeah. Oh, and, and Kara McGee, just a shout out, Kara McGee made a couple of Carry On teas that we'll put a link to. Excellent. So. All right. Let's be done. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there should be I know, a I was about to say, do you have a spell to end this podcast? Because I don't know that we can do it otherwise. That's all, we folks. We need some help. Yeah, that- <laughs> that's it. That's all, folks. Nice. Or, or Madeline. What is it? That's all there is. There isn't any more. Yes. Or something. Oh, like that. that's very, very <laughs> literary. I like it. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> all right. So you can find um, show notes of anything we talked about, as well as recipes, on our website, fictionkitchenpodcast.com. Yep. And our social medias are at fkpod on Twitter. And we are Fiction Kitchen Podcast on Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. And remember to enter our giveaway. Keep calm and carry on. Bye.